One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family-owned company that does everything themselves. And they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in Dry Creek, all one word, for a 10% discount. Hello again, and welcome. Uh, of course, you are here on the Dry Creek Wrangler Podcast, and uh, I want to appreciate you joining me. I want to sit here and talk to you for a little bit, change things up just a hair. I've got a set of a cigar. Uh, sitting here with a a uh, a Nording uh, pipe that my wife got me for Father's Day this year, and they make beautiful pipes. I've got a couple of these Nordings, and uh, and in it I have some Cornell and Deal Small Batch Eight State Burley, which has become my with this and the. Uh, H.H. Mac Baron Dark Kentucky. These are my two favorite, my most often reach for um, pipe tobaccos. And uh, when I want to sit down and and just relax and take it easy and just kind of mellow and de-stress, uh, this is a beautiful way to do it. Keep that thing lit. Mom and I are going to start some, she's going to start joining me here soon on some of these podcasts, and uh, we're going to start talking a little bit about um, family life. We've had a lot of questions. She's been making a list of the questions we've got on raising children and how to raise a family in the type of unique lifestyle that we've had. And, and uh, she has a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience and wisdom to add to this subject. And so probably here in the next episode or two, Mama will start joining me on some of these and we'll start talking about that. In the meantime, uh, today, I wanna talk about a, a subject that is not talked about as much as it should be. And I think it's a lot more prevalent than people realize that it is. Um, and the subject is, what do you do when you just wake up to realize that you don't love your spouse, whether it be a husband or a wife? Now I'm going to, for the sake of my simple mind and my staying on track, I'm going to approach this and most of the way I'm going to 
talk about this is when a husband realizes he doesn't he doesn't feel in love with his wife anymore but the same thing holds true the other way but just to keep it simple I'm gonna talk down one lane but if you're if you're a lady and you're going through the same thing with your spouse uh, it holds the same truths I think hold true and so I'm not just dealing with the one but I'm I'm verbalizing just the one because it's about all my my little simple mind can keep up with it one time see if we can get this pipe going good so it quit going out on me I think that a lot of spouses uh, a lot of husbands we'll just run down that a lot of husbands wake up and they say you know what I don't love her I don't have the thrill the spark uh, that we had when we were dating that when we first got married in fact it's to the point I wish I had not got married uh, I wish I wasn't married and uh, and I don't know what to do about it now the thing is if especially if you are if you are in a church background uh, and you go to church regular and you're surrounded by church folks and you look at all these good Christians and uh, and you know usually the only time you see them is at church and church settings and everybody looks so happy and everybody looks so in tune and you're like it, it must just be me and there must be something wrong with me and uh, I must have made a mistake when I got married uh, I don't know what to do about it well the first thing that I would that I would hasten to point out is it's not just you to one degree or another at one point or another it's everybody everybody goes through this you're not alone this is not something new and unique to you uh, this is not something that is necessarily a black mark against you or against your character and it's not something that has come upon you that um, the only way to handle it is is to just to do something destructive and traumatic and permanent uh, it, it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't need to be that way at all a big problem with this subject is that people don't even understand the definition of love and so usually when someone comes to this point it's because they feel something or to be more accurate they no longer feel something that they used to feel and we've been told by music and books and novels and uh, movies and television shows and you you fall in love and it's and then there's all this you know you feel all these emotions and that's what love is and, and that's not what love is that's not love and emotions 
Emotions are built upon circumstances. I mean, think about it. There are certain things that happen that make you angry, which is an emotion. That anger uh, is predicated upon whatever is happening around you. There are things that make you happy. And you're happy because these things happened. And so that emotion is based on what happens around you. You take any fear. Fear is because you perceive that something is possibly going to happen. Or something has happened. uh, And you think it may happen again. And it makes you fearful. Fear is an emotion. And emotions depend upon circumstances. Okay? Jealousy, um, sadness, these things are emotions and emotions rise and fall and come and go based upon circumstantial happenings. Well, when people misdiagnose love, they diagnose an emotion. Are you... Are you in love? Yeah. How do you know you're in love? Because I feel like this. Because I feel like that. Because every time I see this person, I have butterflies in my stomach. Uh, my palms get sweaty. Uh, my heartbeat goes up. And I get excited. And, and I feel I feel calm when they're around. Or, or I feel loved when they're around. Or I feel secure. And it's all based on feelings. Well, when the circumstances change, as circumstances will then your emotions will change. And if you misdefine love as an emotion and the circumstances change and that emotion changes, that feeling goes away, whether it be temporary or permanent, then to you will think that, well, my love has gone away because that feeling went away. Well, it's erroneous because that feeling wasn't love to start with. That's not love. We we had a, we we were in a, a group of folks one time and we had a young couple that was getting married, and uh, so the guy that was officiating the wedding there's going to be some pauses here as I enjoy this pipe. The fellow that was a knit, that was officiating the wedding, he said, if any of you experienced married couples have any advice for this couple, they've asked that as part of the ceremony that you stand up and give them the advice. Now, that took a lot of trust in this couple because people can be knobheads, and I wouldn't trust a group of people to do that, but they did. And, and the advice, people stood up, the advice was good advice. And I stood up and I said, you two think that you're in love right now. And I said, you've got all the thrill, all the excitement, all of this, and you think that you're in love, Uh, but you're not. Now that's not a bad thing. I told him, I said, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Listen to me. Love can only be love if you choose to love. It's a choice. And I said, you cannot ever experience true love 
until you are in the situation where you have to choose to love or you choose to not love. Right now, there's nothing negative has happened. So there's no choice. Everybody's happy and everybody's excited and, and there's no choice. And I said, and that's natural and that's great and that's good. Uh, don't don't uh, denigrate that. Don't look down on that. But one day, you're going to wake up and you're going to say, you know what? I messed up. And I don't feel the feeling anymore. And therefore, I guess I don't love this person anymore. I said, at that point, you have now reached that glorious opportunity to make the choice to love them in spite of your emotional state. I said, and that's when you begin to understand real love. And so they got married. And, uh, and I will come back to this couple uh, in a bit. All right. My wife and I, when we got married, I'm almost six years older than she is. And uh, I had been on my own. I was very independent. I'd been on my own for a long time. I was a lot more set in my ways. Uh, I came from an extremely, extremely conservative background. I had a very stable family, uh, but a very, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a word that's a bad word in society today, but I came from a very patriarchal family, which is not a bad thing. All right, uh, but we're not going to get into that discussion. Uh, but it was just that's who I was. She was very young, did not come from a stable family, came from a very liberal family, uh, very just diametrically opposed in in all ways to what I came from. But we got married and uh, had a had a baby and. Uh, you know, went on and we started fighting right away. And all of a sudden, I realized I had lost a lot of my liberty. I was the kind of guy that would just just jump in my truck, throw some stuff in the back and drive all the way across the United States and go do something. I, I want to go over and try that. I want to see what that is. I, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I would just go. Where's Dwayne? We don't know. He'll call when he gets there. He'll let us know. Um, and all of a sudden, that life stopped to a very great degree. And I began to resent that. And uh, and she was very young, and she had a new baby, and she had a a new husband that was not as thoughtful and as tender and as considerate and, and compassionate uh, as she had hoped for and uh, we just we fought all the time and I was cowboying in Wyoming I was cowboying on uh, let's see I was on the Mooncrest Ranch up Rattlesnake Creek out west of Cody and we were living in a, a little one room cabin up there on the, about halfway up the ranch uh, and, and old Trapper's homestead cabin that they had kind of refurbished and we were living in that and and things came to a head 
and we hadn't talked about this. And but I went out one day. I wasn't working, and I went up behind the cabin, kind of up on the mountainside there, ways by myself. And I said, "All right, I got to figure out what to do, because I don't love this girl anymore." Um, so I, I mean, I, I literally sat there and said, "Well, what are my options?" Well, option number one is I could say I want a divorce. We made a mistake. I could leave her. And and I said I can't. I can't do that. Uh, number one, she hadn't done anything wrong. She had not done anything wrong. Uh, and there was not grounds for doing something that drastic and that uncalled for and that mean. And we had a baby. Number two, we had a, we had an, our firstborn, and he was just an infant. He was just a baby. And I said, okay, I can't bring myself to do that. There's That's just not, I just can't do that. That's not an option. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that man. And so I sat there for a little bit, and I said, well, what's option two? Option two is I could do like a lot of folks used, used to do in yesteryear. We could stay married, not love each other, not be happy, but stay together for the kids and put on a front for everybody for the next 50 years. And I said, well, <laughs> that doesn't sound very optimistic. I don't like the sound of that at all. Sounds like a miserable life. And then I said, well, option number three is I could, I could learn to love her. I could choose to love her. And I, you know, I'm talking about having a conversation with myself and I said, you know what? Uh, I just, the only way that this works out is if I learn to love my wife. And so I'm sitting there and I'm saying, well, how do I do this? How do you choose to love somebody? How do you learn to love somebody? And I found, and I, I didn't have enough sense to put it into words, but I found the path to it accidentally. And I said, well, what, and I'll, I'll tell you what that is here in a minute. I said, well, what are some things that I do like about her. So what I need to do is I need to stop focusing on all the things about her that drive me crazy. Like just, you know, her youth and her immaturity and, and her uh, emotional ups and downs and, and just all this stuff. I said, told myself, I said, I need to stop looking at all of the things about her that drive me crazy. And I need to start finding things about her that I actually like and start looking at those and start thinking about those. Now, and I did. Now, is this a Hallmark movie? Did like in two weeks, miraculously, we had a glorious marriage? No, no, we did not. But it was the beginning of a process. And the most important part of that process was a process where I eliminated the option of quitting. That was the most important part of that process. I looked at it and I eliminated that possibility. 
and I started looking for things about her uh, that I found positive, things that I had forgotten that drew me to her when we were dating. Uh, and, you know, part of it is, and even to this day, those who have come to school, those who know us, those who know Mama, uh, she has never lost, even to this day, she's 50 now, and uh, and it's okay that I, I tell you that. She's, she's proud of it. She says, I earned every one of those years, and I'm proud of every one. You tell anybody you want how old I am. Uh, but she still maintains a certain touch of that childlike, that silly childlike innocence that she had when we first started dating. And I've always loved that about her. Uh, she's very, she's a very empathetic person. She's a very caring person. Um, you know, and it doesn't hurt that she's good looking. I mean, that, you know, that was never a bad point. And you, did I put that on the list? You're darn right I put that on the list. And uh, so, you know, there were things like that. And so that, that began the process. And uh, the other major ingredient in that process was time. It was time. Um, because I didn't know what I was doing. And, and I, you know, I had so much of me that I needed to work on. And I never did get it all worked on. Uh, but I began the process of being willing to begin the process. And I stopped focusing on the negative and I made a choice. I made a choice to love her. And so Deanna and I were talking about this today. We do something today more than we've ever done in our marriage. Um, you know, people say, I love you to their spouse. I love you even when they don't mean it or they think they mean it, or they're not sure they mean it, to the point that it doesn't mean anything. But we'll look at each other. She'll look at me, just out of blue. I'll look at her and I'll say, you know what? I like you. I like you. I like being with you. I like who you are. And it is a miserable existence to love somebody that you don't like. That's tough. Uh, and, and it's a hurdle that a lot of people never get over. And uh, and if you're a parent and you've got teenage kids, well, they don't have to be teenage, older kids that get to a certain point. There's a lot of parents out there that love their kids. They do anything for the kids, but they don't much like their kids because their kids aren't much likable. So you know what I mean when I say you can like somebody. Um and not love them, or you can love somebody but not really like them. But man, a marriage made in heaven is when you love somebody that you like, you like them. Um, but you have to search for that. There comes a time where you have to search for, all right, what is it that I like about this person? Um, I, I, you know, I, I need to find the positive and quit dwelling on the negative. And I've already chosen, I've already made the choice to love them. And, uh, but now I'm going to make the choice to like them. Um, and so you, and then you give it, you give it the time. Uh, 
You know, wake up is is today is today as bad as it was yesterday? Well, yeah, today's as bad as it was yesterday. You know, looking at your relationship. Is today worse than it was yesterday? No, I don't think today is worse than it was yesterday. Well, then if you were on a trajectory going downhill, but today you've at least stopped that downhill slide. Today's not good, but it's not as bad as it was yesterday. Okay, I can work with that. And then you do what you can through the day. It's the little things, and we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, and then over time, you ask yourself, is today as bad as it was yesterday? And there'll come a point where it's like, you know what, today's just, it's not good. But it's not as bad as it was yesterday. And then you can start that trajectory back up. Is today as bad as it was yesterday? No, today's actually a little better than it was yesterday. Well, my goodness, what, what made today better than yesterday? What little tiny difference, what little tiny change did we make? Relationships... Let's, a relationship is a ship, okay? And you steer a ship, you don't make a 90 degree right hand turn in your tracks. It takes a lot of space to turn that big old ship around and change directions. It takes time and space. And if you're going in a certain direction that the ship doesn't want to go, the ship can't just squeal to a stop, put it in reverse, uh, in its own tracks and back up and and uh, turn down that road it almost missed. Uh, it 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 takes it takes some time to stop that ship, and it takes some space and some time to turn that ship to get it going in another direction, and without keep going in the direction that you are. And your relationship is the same way. You're not going to sit down and say, "Honey, we we." Our marriage has reached a spot. I just realized that it's not what it used to be, and we're going in a bad way, and we need to change that. Oh, yeah, you're right. I hadn't noticed that. We need to change it. Okay. And then all of a sudden, you're back to where you were the day you got married, and, and everything's roses, and, and now the, the movie can fade to black, and everybody lives happily ever after. That's not reality. It takes time and effort and and a focus on the little things. And you can never lose sight of the decision. You say, well, Dwayne, my spouse, I, I, I want to love my spouse, but my spouse is not very lovable. That's a difficult thing. Now listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying here. Okay, you may need to chew on this and think about this alright that is a difficult thing but it can be a glorious thing as well it's it's easy to love somebody who's lovable it, that, that doesn't take anything special that doesn't take any depth it doesn't take any strength it doesn't take any grace. That's just coasting along. It's easy to love somebody who's lovable. But the fact that my wife, over all these years, has continued to love me, 
in spite of all the times I was not very lovable, well, that pretty much elevates her to sainthood. Uh, it wouldn't mean near as much uh, if she loved me because I was so lovable. Because let me tell you, there was for a lot of years, a lot of lot of years that she loved me, but I wasn't very lovable. But she made that decision. And it started with the decision. Now, um, remember the couple I started talking about at the beginning that we were at their wedding? Uh, they, uh, and by the way, this couple is, they're a wonderful couple. They're married today, got kids, serving, doing great. Um, they are, they're a shining beacon, okay? Um, but it didn't start out like that. They started out and I'm being very careful here because I don't want to I don't want to embarrass anybody or do anything so I'm going to be kind of vague here uh, we went to church with these folks and uh, we got to notice and I got to noticing that they were not like a year down the road or so things were not um, things were not blossoming with them they were not happy and uh, you know they would come to church and and have their church smile on like everybody does you know you got your church shoes you got your your church shirt and you got your church smile and they would come in but it became very obvious to me that uh i don't know about her but he was very unhappy and so i sat around and i waited and i said well surely some of the church elders the pastor the pastor and his wife were the ones that had got these two, this couple together. And I said, surely they will have the wisdom and the discernment to see what's going on here and gently step in and uh, and help this situation out. Well, they didn't. Uh, and it finally got to the point one day, I'm like, well, this, this, is, this is about to end up bad. And so... I one afternoon after work I drove to his house and and we weren't buddies. He was a really good guy. Um and we knew each other well and they had come over to the house a bit, but we just we were in different circles. We we weren't um we weren't close friends. We weren't we weren't close buddies. Uh didn't have any issue with each other. It was just we just traveled in different circles. So I drove and pulled up in his driveway one day and I knocked on the door and he came to the door and he uh, he looked kind of surprised he's like Dwayne man good to see you what are you doing here and I said can I can I talk to you about something that is absolutely positively none of my business and uh, so he stepped out on the porch closed the door behind him he said sure what's up and I said, you're about to leave your wife, aren't you? And he, he looked like I had hit him in the stomach. And he said, man, how did you know? And I said, it's just, I've been watching and I've been seeing. And he said, I, I'm headed into town to run an errand. You want to you wanna ride with me? So I got in his vehicle and we headed down the road. And he's like, I, I don't know what to do. He said, I don't know what to do. I am tore up. He said, I'm not happy. Uh, 
I'm not in love. Uh, but if I if I leave her, it will be incredibly wrong. And uh, he said it, and I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And he said, and I don't know what to do. And so I asked him, I said, I said, look, very respectfully and carefully, can I ask you some questions? He said, yeah. I said, uh, I said, and I already knew the answers to these questions. I was just trying to get his focus pulled back in. I said, is she a good wife? And he looked at me. He said, yeah, she's a good wife. I said, if, uh, I said, does she keep the house clean? And she was a meticulous, spotless housekeeper. He said, man, absolutely. He said, she, she, the house is always clean. And uh, she had young children, and, and uh, so she was a stay-at-home mom. I said, uh, does, she, does she cook good? I mean, does, does she feed you when you come home from work? She take care of you? He said, man, she's an excellent cook. And she was. You know, we had church, we had potlucks all the time. They bring meals in. You, you learn pretty quick <laughs> who you go to church with that can cook a good meal. She was an excellent cook. I said, uh, is, is she supportive of you? She said, yes, always. I said, um, you know, I asked two or three other questions. And uh, he, you know, yeah. And I said, let's look at this realistically. I said, do you know how many men on this planet would kill to have a woman like that? With all of these good qualities. And I said, I know that doesn't answer your question quandary I said but he said yeah you're right I said is she a good person is she just basically a good person he said yeah man she is and I said if if you and her if you weren't married and never dated if you and her worked let's say you worked at Walmart okay she was a checker at Walmart and you stocked the shelves in the back I said, and you guys just got to know each other. I said, not as a wife, not as a, a girlfriend, as a lover. I said, but is she the kind of person that you could see yourself being a friend with? She's just good people and she's fun. And he said, yeah. I said, do you see her as someone that you might be interested in going to a movie with just as a friend? And he said, he thought for a minute. He said, yeah, I would. I said, dude, you cannot be happy in a marriage unless you're married to your friend. And I said, everybody introduced you to this marriage as a marriage and not as a deep, lasting, eternal friendship. I said, you need to get to know your wife as a person and as a friend not as a wife and you need to start looking at and hunting for and appreciating all of her good points instead of all of the points that you wanted in a marriage that aren't aren't there now these these two good people but they come from totally different totally different backgrounds 
I mean, you couldn't be from more different backgrounds. And, and that's, you know, and that's basically where it stemmed from. And, uh, so, you know, we talked some more and, uh, that was years ago. That was years ago. And, uh, they're married and they have a lot of kids. He's in the ministry. Last I heard doing a wonderful job. Uh, and they're happy just because someone told him it's okay to not feel the flashing lights sometimes. It's okay to not feel the thrill sometimes. Sometimes that person sitting across from you or next to you before they are your wife or your husband they need to be your friend. And what does the Bible say about friendship? He that hath friends must show himself friendly. And we get the idea sometimes when we get married, I'm your husband, and therefore you have certain obligations toward me. Or I'm your wife, and you have certain obligations toward me. And I don't have to do that anymore because I'm not your girlfriend, I'm not your boyfriend, I'm your spouse, we're married. What you're gonna do is you're gonna wreck a friendship. Because that's not how you treat a friend. And if you want to be married to your best friend, you've gotta be friendly. To be a friend, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And this is way more fundamental than standing up and saying I do and putting on the ring and signing on the line and then buying a house together and doing this and, and becoming it's we lose a friendship and you before you can feel before you can love your spouse you have to make the choice to love what you don't feel that you love and before you can feel that you love them you have to like them And before you can like them, you have to find things that are likable. And you know, the more likable we are, the easier it is for us to find likability in somebody else. If I don't like me, I'm not going to like anybody else. And if I'm not likable, they're not going to like me. And if they don't like me, I'm not going to like them. I mean, good grief, you learned that in the second grade. I mean, you learned that in kindergarten. You know, kids liking each other, not liking each other. That's where you start learning to build relationships long before marriage. Uh, you can't be lovable if you're not likable. All right? We got to go back to the basics. It's the little stuff. Uh, fellas, your wife, maybe your wife doesn't like you. You don't like your wife, and your wife doesn't like you. You say, well, what do I need to do to like my wife? Maybe what you need to do first is help your wife like you. And if your wife starts, you say, I do this and I do that, 
and it doesn't work, well then do something else. Then do something else. Keep trying until something does work. Now, there are instances where it doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what you try, um, it's not going to work. Now, there are those out there, but I think many of the times we quit and it never was that situation. We were just in a hard part and we said, you know what, um, this is never going to work. And we quit before it has a chance to work. It has a chance. We quit before it has a chance to work. Now, your average woman, um, it's, it's not hard. It's not complicated. All right? Um, before you try to let them know that you love them with flowers and candy and jewelry and all this stuff, let them know you like them. How do you let someone know you like them? Well, if you like somebody, you're thinking about them. If you like somebody, you think about them a lot. Uh, the other day, I went to pick up some a handful of groceries for Mama. And while I was there, I picked up one of those cans of, you know, they're not, it's not a canned biscuit, but it was like a canned cinnamon roll. I mean, it was $2.00. And as I went by, I saw that, and I said, you know what, Mama would like that. I grabbed that and threw it in the car. And I brought it home. And to her, it was like I had brought home a dozen roses. Because she's like, you were out running errands, taking care of business, and in the midst of all that, you were thinking of me. You were thinking of me. That you must like me. That makes me a little more likable. You, you see how this works? You see how this process works? Um, and so it's, it's, uh, I used to, I used to, uh, I haven't done it in a while, but I would go and I'd go like, I got to go get some oil for the truck. I got to change the oil in the truck and I, I need to get a, a, uh, the right size socket wrench to do this. And I, I need to pick up a bag of horse feed and I need to do this. So this is what I'm going to town for. And so I go to town and she knows I'm in town running these errands. And while I'm there, I know what her favorite candy is. And so I would pick up like a Hershey chocolate bar in the midst of all that and bring it home. And, uh, and but I would tuck that chocolate bar away in, in like an inside shirt pocket or the inside vest or an inside pocket on my jacket or, or something like that. And, uh, and I would come in with all my motor oil and wrenches and horse feed and everything else. And I'd say, I got you something and you got me something. Yeah, but you're going to have to find it. And so she'd come up to me and start digging through all my pockets and she'd find a chocolate bar and it'd be like, man, you're in town running these errands and, and you're thinking about me and it's likable. It's just being likable. And if you're easy to like, you become easy to love. And so you put feet to the choice that you made when there was no lovability. You make the choice when there is no lovability. This is what I'm going to do. And then you set out to do the hard work to make it happen. 
to make it happen. Um, and, you know, one of my problems was in, in our marriage for years and years and years was I was very uh, alpha. I'm the head of this house. This is what we're going to do. And I was very self-centered. We're not going to do that. Why? Because I don't like it and I don't want to do it. There was no give. It made things very hard. It made me very unlikable, you know, uh, and which put a strain on the love. And uh, and so over time, what I've had to learn is it's about us. And she is 50% of us. So it's not just about me. It's about her. It's about me doing things that I don't really want to do because she would really like to do it. And so I'll do it. I've talked about this before, all right? But it's just, marriage is just an extension of normal human relationships. Why are there married partners out there who treat their spouse worse than they treat everybody around them. You may not even realize that you've been doing this, but think about it. Do you treat others better than you treat your spouse? Are you kinder towards them? Do you hold your temper in and control better towards them? Do you treat them with more respect and more deference than you do your spouse? Um, it's, it's basic human relationships, treating people. You can't get more basic than this. You treat people the way you want them to treat you, but we don't do that to our spouse. We don't treat them the way we want them to treat us. And now you say, Dwayne, I, I treat my spouse very good and, and they just, um, they just stomp on me in return. Well, that happens. But there's a key there somewhere to their likability. There's a key there somewhere. And a lot of times if we search for it, the little step at a time, we can, uh, we can find it. Now, sadly enough, not always, but more often uh, than we give credit for way too many marriages, way too many relationships quit before it actually gets hopeless. And just because it looks hopeless doesn't mean it is hopeless. Because when you make a decision and you determinedly set your mind to something, come hell or high water, that is what I'm going to do. There's very little that we can't do. Now, I know in it's pandemic in this day and age, you know, the other spouse leaves, just up and leaves or does whatever. And there's nothing you can do about that. I, I understand that. But I'm talking about the marriages that are still together, but they're not happy. But they're not happy. And your marriage can be and needs to be the picture that Christ 
the picture of the love that Christ has for us. And anything less, anything less is a mockery. But it takes work and it takes sacrifice. It takes work, it takes sacrifice, and it takes determination. Okay? So, anyhow, I'm going to quit there for now. We may cover some more of this later on. Like I said, with the the uh, episodes that I'm going to start doing with Mama. And we're going to talk more about relationships and marriage and the kids and different stuff. And uh, I know that there's a... There's limitless cultures out there and their people are different everybody's situation's different and i'm not saying that everything i say is is magic to everybody all right but there are some people out there who this will help this will help and and i hope it will okay i hope it will and so wish you guys the best and uh We'll, uh, and we'll just stop here and catch you next time.